0: You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve,
1: Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. Today, our guest is Vasque Vilasa, one of the rising stars of international triathlon. Uh, Vasco was recently the silver medalist on the World Championship um, in triathlon. He won the Mediterranean Games in last weekend. Um, Vasco, welcome. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. How are you?
1: Hi. Uh, thank you for the in- invitation. And yeah, I'm okay. I'm not perfect because just after the Mediterranean Championships, I actually crashed the day after at the European Club Relay Championships. But <laughs> Thank, yeah, thanks for the invitation again.
0: Are you, are you okay? Is everything good with you? Are you healthy?
1: Yeah, uh, I just did an x-ray yesterday um, and the doctors are are going over it now. But I, I think nothing is broken and I just have to take one or two weeks off to
0: let the, everything heal up. Okay, well, that's that's the worst. It could happen to someone. Um, I hope that everything gets better quite soon. Thank you. Marco, my first question for you is um, how triathlon showed up in your life, how everything started for you. So many,
1: many years ago, uh, 2006, I, I think. Um, so I was just a little boy, six years old. I loved running around. I loved uh, biking around uh, with uh, my sister, Vera, and, and my dad, who was running besides us then while we were biking. Uh, at that age, my parents thought that it was time for us to learn how to swim. Uh, and triathlon came up when uh, uh, Vanessa Finanj was having uh, the, the amazing results that everyone know, knows she, she had. And she was coming up on TV all the time. So that's where the triathlon idea ca- came up. And yeah, we just or we just thought that it put together three amazing sports and it was a way of motivating me and Vera to to start swimming when we already liked running and biking so much.
0: So, this was 14 years ago, correct? Uh, Yes, so, 2006, yeah, 14 years ago. And by the age of six, would you ever imagine that one day in your life you would be a professional triathlete? Well,
1: a kid kid can dream. Uh, we, We dream a lot, and I'd say When I, when I, 2008, when I saw Vanessa winning the European Championships here in Lisbon, uh, yeah, I I had that dream. I would really, yeah, but it was only a dream. Uh, Very hard to understand if that was ever going to happen. And yeah, it it was crazy when it did happen and when I did uh, get to the podium on the World Championship.
0: We're going to go there in a bit. we, well, I know that you moved to Sweden when you were, um, when you were younger. Um, how old were you when you moved to Sweden, from Portugal?
1: I was 13, so 2013, in August, we,
0: we made a big change in our lives. And how was that change of, uh, of country and friends and school, everything that's changed for your, for your life, I suppose?
1: Uh, yeah, everything changed, so it, it was not really my choice back then, it was just a professional choice from my parents and i I just moved along and went along with them uh yeah i it just i just it, it's a start over, so I just I leave all my friends behind, even though I can meet them when I come back but I just get away from them and have to make new friends uh, learn a new language, and it's such a big change uh and i I was not sure that Tratham was gonna be part of the that that new life uh but luckily it was. <laughs>
0: And now you still live in Sweden, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, two thousand and thirteen, we moved there. Uh, I was living with, with my parents back then, but uh, and I had the... so my, my coach from Portugal here was sending me the training plans. But I, I was quite alone back then, so triathlon is not the biggest sport in Sweden, and I was training alone with Vera, and it, it could get a little bit uh, boring. And at that age, just train. Doing something that is boring, training, and not having fun is not really the the goal. In it. That's not really the way to go forward. So at some point, we were really I was I was actually close to changing to to doing something else because it was not uh, yeah it was not the, the thing that I had in mind to be training just yeah because I wanted to train without having fun in training without my training mates. So in 2015, I moved away from home. I moved to to a city called Mutala where I where I went living with another uh, with another triathlete, uh, Daniel No, uh, and we together uh, we moved there together at the same time, moved in into the, an, an apartment to be close to Sweden Sweden's uh, biggest or best traveling group. So in Mutala they joined the best juniors in the whole country, and we got the chance to to be part of that group, and that really helped me to. To get
0: get my motivation back to being in traffic. And how was that adaptation for someone that I believe that you were like fifteen years old?
1: Yeah, 16? exactly.
0: 15. 15. With school, with with new friends, with a new group, with a new way of of training. How was that um, that change? Another change for you, for a certain young guy. How was that for you? That's so yeah, that th-
1: that was a very big change. So. Uh, I would say that was the, even a bigger change than moving to Sweden. So I moved to Sweden, but I was still living in my parents. I had everything uh, done for me and I just had to learn. The, at the moment, I, I'd only learned, in the beginning, I only learned English. And it was not until I, I moved to Mutala that I actually started to learn a lot of Swedish because I was living with Daniel, who was uh, yeah the, the guy I was living with. And he, we were talking in Swedish and I was slowly started learning Swedish. But at the same time, I had to learn how to cook. I had to learn how to, uh, to the dishes, how to wash my clothes, how to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how, how to take care of myself. And so there that, that was a very big change. And also, that actually helped me very much uh, to become like, to become a little bit more focused and to, to learn how to, um, to learn how, how to, to work for myself, so how to, mm-hmm. To know what I want to do. So if I want to get good grades, I, I will not have my mom besides me uh, tell me I have to study. It's gotta be it's gotta be me who wants to study. And if I want to do good in the races, in the triathlon races, I have to show up to every practice. And because no one is going to be after me and taking me to practice. Mm-hmm. So that was actually uh, a, a different, a different, or a very hard moment for me. But at the same time, it helped me to grow up. When I was very young, and that helped me to get uh, good results I did when I was just uh, just a junior um, and then talking about the training, uh, the training in Sweden or the training with my, my coach, uh Viljan who was the coach in Mutala, uh, is very 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 different from the training in Portugal, so the, the way of thinking about training the, the whole training theory is a bit different, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I would say. It's, yeah, it's just we work on a lot of volume, not as much intensity. In the long run, I guess it uh, it works out very well, or at least the results show that.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, would you say that that change was a click that you needed to um, go to the next level uh, in terms of competition? The,
1: the change to, yeah, so you, the change to, to big yeah. volume. The, the yeah. Ch- uh yeah I think so. so h- as a young athlete or i mean very like a like a child, so from six to ten to twelve the the training is not the most important part it's just the important part is just to to get your co- coordination going to learn how to use your body to learn to run with good coordination and it's not about the training volume it's not about uh being the best swim or best bike or best train it's just about Learning how to train, learning how to take care, take care of yourself and how to yeah, just develop your body because you're developing at that age. And when I when I move away from home, when I start training in Mutala, then I'm about fifteen, sixteen, and the, the body's not developing uh, that much. Of course we're still developing until we're eighteen, twenty outside, like sm- slowly growing up, man but um yeah, but but at 16, so I'd say at that age, it's an important age where you, you have to start training for real. So uh, it's the time where you got to put the hours in. and do, It's not about only having fun then. It's when you start doing your morning, morning swims at 5 a.m. and, and really n- not having fun at all the practices, but knowing that you're working towards a
0: bigger goal and that if you want to achieve b- big things, you have to work a lot for them. And um, how is the relationship that you have with your coach? He's uh, with you every day or he just still sends you the, the training plan or how, how you have this kind of relationship with him?
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, my change to, my, to the new coach was quite hard. I find it's quite hard to change coach at any time. So when I moved to, to Mutal I had a hard time adapting to the new way of training. Uh, after I don't know after one year maybe six months um, because I'm very stubborn and I <laughs> and that's just who I am and I have a hard time sometimes adapting to new people. But when I start seeing that it actually works, uh, I, we we create such a, a very good connection. Just so much respect for each other uh, that worked worked very well. Uh, back then he was the coach in Mutala, so I was training in Mutala with him, and we were every day just side just beside each other uh working so i we saw each other every day and the way we work uh the way uh our the theory of the whole training is also about is that it, it's not about the, what the power meter shows it's not about uh, the heart rate when you're going on training it's about the feeling it's about knowing about it. it's about getting to understand when you're going too hard uh, mm-hmm. because nothing can Nothing can tell you uh, how fast or slow you're going better than your brain. You have all the nerves and everything around your body uh, telling you that. Uh, so he, he doesn't like that much that we we're, uh, look at other
0: things. It's interesting that you say that because um, most of the age groupers that I coach, I have the same issue with them because they, they love technology and sometimes they forget the basics, which is understanding their body and how the body reacts to the training. Um, do you guys still have this kind of relationship nowadays? Do you still see your coach every day? Well, when you are in Sweden?
1: Yeah, so when I, when I, be, when I finished high school, uh, he was the coach at, uh, at what they call the triathlon high school in Sweden. Uh, it was a normal high, high school, but uh, his job, uh, he was kind of the teacher and what he teached, what he, yeah, he was teaching triathlon at the school. Um, when I finished uh, high school, I I kind of get out of that program and then I have to make a choice or, of, uh, like, am I going to stay in Mutala just to train with him? Am I going to start university somewhere else? I'm going to go back to Portugal, maybe. And I actually, I actually made that, um, yeah, I, I took one year off when I finished high school to, to understand what, what I want to do. So um, I, I was ju- training, of course, and I know if you're an athlete, you cannot take a year off to understand what you're doing. Just going around and doing whatever, but I talked with him and i was i i don't know what the best choice for me to become a professional triathlete is, so I want to go to Portugal, where I know there are a lot of professional triathletes and understand what they do and I was actually here in Portugal in two thousand and eight uh, two thousand and eighteen um training with the uh, yeah, with the squad here with the with the national team uh, I ended up in the end um yeah going back to going back to him and uh, asking him to to keep coaching me and I joined a university that is fifty k from where we live where, from mutala so it's a new city in shopping and joined the university uh started swimming with a with a with a new squad with Anders Holmers so um uh Joachim Villen my my triathlon coach was a very very good friend of the anders Holmers uh Joachim is a Olympic athlete uh back in two thousand he was at the he was it Olympic game back then and he was training with Anders Holmish Anders holmish was only swimming and Anders holmish is an Olympic medalist so a huge respect for training with him. Uh and he only created created a a bit of a distance uh, relation with uh Joachim because he is in Mutala he has the the squad there so he he has the, the high school of chaff and he's still coaching there. He comes to lean shopping once or twice a week, and at the same time, he keeps a very good relation with the, the swimming coach, who sees us every day. So we swim with, with the swimming coach, okay. who sees us every day and gets back to you, Joachim, on how we look, how... Uh,
0: just. He gives, you the, gives him the, the feedback.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we give feedback back to you, Joachim, and now we started working a little bit more with power meters. And... Heart rate uh, for him to understand for him to see just what we're doing, uh, but the, the whole feedback of uh, how our humor is, how how good we're feeling. Uh, many times, uh, instead of just that's the be- best way to see if an athlete is uh, overtraining, is how happy he is on, on the practice, like how, how his humor is. Is he uh, going around telling jokes? Is he sitting down and sad? Is he what's his energy and that's, I, th- I think that's a, a big part of what uh, the swimming coach gets back to uh, Joachim on. And then we, of course, I try to get back to him also with, with how I'm feeling, but it's, it, sometimes it's hard for one person to yeah, to evaluate himself in how, how we're feeling to 100%. Um, so yeah, that's how it's working at, at the moment. So We get the training plans. Uh, we, I see my triathlon coach once or twice a week, and then uh, I see my swimming coach that has a very good uh, relation with my triathlon coach uh, every day almost.
0: And um, how much involved do you like to, st- to be on the um, process of training? Because some athletes that we know, they just want to get the training plan and just do it, and some others want to understand what they are doing and why they are doing it. Um, what kind of athletes are you? Um, I don't... Uh,
1: th- that's a good question. I, but. That was the good thing about training in Mutaland at the, the triathlon high school is that uh, Joachim is, was our coach, but as he was a teacher of triathlon, we had actually lessons with him at the same time. So we were we were having our practices, but once or twice a week for the first two years of high school, we were, we were having lessons about how training works and why we do what we do. So uh, there I got a very good understanding of Why we were, yeah, just why we're doing what we do and how our training uh, theory works. And there, I have a good, a very good understanding of that today. How, uh, yeah, the whole, from the whole uh, winter training, how we work then and how we go forward to to the races and how we prepare the big races, how we um, prepare the, we have the different A races, B races, or C races, depending on how important they are and how we should prepare all the three. Um, so I have a very good understanding of how the whole theory works then I I, I just do the job so whatever he sends I'll do and then at the end of every week if yeah if nothing else comes up during the whole week that is very important we just go through okay I did this and I did this this went well what do you think about this and yeah we kind of get through go through why we did what we did and how it went so yeah I we we talk a lot, a lot about um, yeah the theory and for me to understand why i'm doing what i'm doing but at the same time uh, i have a huge respect and i trust uh, i trust him a lot with with his work and i just i in the end i just do what he tells me anyways <laughs>
0: Does that mean that in 20 years' time you're going to see the coach Vasco <laughs> Uh I don't
1: know. I don't know. That's just way way forward. Uh, at the moment, just thinking about my own career.
0: Uh, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's a but, good question.
0: Uh, yeah. Anyway, Vasco, this, this has been a very odd year for everyone with the COVID-19. Um, I was following you and your sister on Instagram and your social media, and you guys were doing a great job. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit more about how you adapt your training um, to the new situation that you had during the lockdown?
1: Yeah, so we—I was actually in a training camp with with my coach in um, in the Canary Islands in February or March. It was just just when when everything just hit. Uh, March, yeah, March. Yeah. Yeah. When everything just hits. Yeah. March in its uh, Europe and from one day to the other we get letters behind uh, under our doors our doors in in Plaites where we're staying saying that if we go outside we got to pay I I don't know like a twenty 000 euro fee or something so we just we just book our our flights back and the whole group booked the flights back to Sweden uh has I'm Portuguese and Uh, when something like this happens, I I feel at home here in Portugal, and I actually booked my flight here to Portugal to stay here. And uh, yeah, I I got together with Vera, and we went away to a very, very small city where we have a house uh, just in the middle of nowhere, and we we had our Vilaça quarantine, as they called it. We were were there for three months, just, yeah, just training. It, It was amazing because... When the whole world just stops, you have nothing to worry about besides training. and uh, I loved it.
0: And um, do you think that this? I know that you're, the relationship that you have with your sister is quite is quite huge. But do you think that the relationship with her was just growth a little bit more with this um, quarantine together?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we we are brother and sister. We just we just get al- along so well. We help each other so much. Uh, but yeah, for the last when we moved to Sweden, uh, we kind of took the different paths and slowly starting seeing each other less and less. And when I moved away from home at fifteen, uh, yeah, she, she stayed home uh, back then, and, and yeah, we just stopped seeing each other every day. And that meant, even though we we know each other very well, that kind of um, was a weird step for us because we were used to meeting each other every day. Uh, five years later, so it's now it's now I'm now 20 years old. We we see each other. I don't know, maybe one or two weeks every year, and uh, yeah, for the first time in many many years, I was together with her for months and yeah, yeah weeks and months in in a row. So um, I, I, it's hard to say that our relationship got better because yeah we have the we had a great relationship, but. Uh, it was it just it was amazing to be with her again and to to create that connection to get and to to be able to just talk every day and to be able to to have our yeah brother and sister moments that we haven't had in, in so many years.
0: I think that for those who are listening to this podcast, if you get a chance to check Vasco and Vera uh, Instagram, they have some very interesting videos um, on what what you can do during quarantine period. Now knowing that we may face a second wave of COVID. It might be quite useful <laughs> um, but anyway, Vashko, we it was like what three well one month ago, the world championships
1: uh, yeah, one month
0: ago I think yeah um no one was expecting that medal. We were you expecting that medal because you did silver medal in that in that day in the world championships would you like to would you like to talk with us a little bit more about that day um,
1: well uh no one was ex- expecting the, a medal, uh, not even me. So uh, th- there was, yeah, completely no one was ex- expecting it. Uh, I'll, ju- I'll just say that even though I was not expecting a medal, I wanted one, and it's my way of racing and my, my way of wanting a medal, even when I'm not supposed to get one yet. Uh, that made me get there so early, I would say. So I go into one... Into the first, my first uh, world championships ever. And yeah, I, I go into the race just going for the medal. I'm not expecting, to, it's a weird feeling. I'm going there to get one, but I'm not expecting to get one.
0: <laughs> of course, yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, it, it was just crazy to, for the, when I get out of the water in, uh, yeah, just, just, be, just behind the first pack, uh, it was an amazing swim for me. Swimming has always been the, the yeah the part of traffic that keeps keeps me behind yeah exactly that yeah, keeps me behind and that was just just i don't know just a few seconds behind the first group or it's just i was inside the first group but has um has they are very good bikers when i get on the bike and i'm just two or three seconds behind the next person i i cannot catch up with those three seconds I'm, i just keep the gap and uh, it took me I, I think it took me 5k to actually catch up and be inside the group for real, and, those were really, really, really hard uh, 5Ks. Uh, I, I I just remember that I was on my on my aero bars on the, on my on my venge, and I was I was puking at the same time as I was biking because I my stomach was cramping from sitting all cramped. Yeah, sitting on the aero bars and just pushing as much as much as I could. And I, I, I when I got to the group, I just yeah. My only thought was that. Now I finally made a swim, I made an amazing swim, and I'm able to be so close to the first group i gotta be i gotta be in the group i cannot loo- I cannot lose this chance, and when I get there, I just think I'm completely completely dead, so my legs were just yeah, I had no energy i yeah, I just felt the 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 blood going through the the veins in my legs like completely completely uh dead at that moment, and I thought, okay, I'm here. This is amazing. Um, it's going to be very hard to run. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do a good run, but yeah, I'm, at least I took I took the chance and I, I made the, the best out of the situation. Uh, but ha- as the time goes by and we have yeah we have 15 k's left. I just I take a few k's to rest and then after 5 k I think so we it's still 10 k to go or maybe a little bit less like yeah with five to 10 k. To go. I start recovering. I start feeling better. I start going to the front of the group and helping the group um, open up the gap to the second group. Um, and by the end of the bike, I'm just I'm feeling great. I Actually, I think I open up a, a gap to the group. I almost get away from the group in the end of the bike in Hamburg, because <laughs> yeah, just the energy is back. <laughs> I'm fully recovered. I start running with uh, Leo Berger from. Friends in first place, and I'm just, wow, I, just, I don't know, just, the energy, the, it's so crazy to be in first in, in, such, in, in that kind of race, in that kind of racing, that it just gives you extra energy to be there. And I just, yeah, I just go, my, my only feeling is that I have no responsi- responsibility to be here and to, to, to be the one fighting for the podium, even though I want to. So I, when, you have, when you're feeling so free and you have no pressure at all uh, running there, I just feel like, well, I'm just going to push, push everything I have. And if I, if I go too fast and I just have, yeah, after 2K, I'm completely dead and I have to slow down and I, everyone go past me, at least I took a chance. And I, at least I tried and, uh, yeah, no pressure at all. So I just went for it. And the first K, I completely uh, smashed, smashed this, that first K, which opened up, a, a, opened up a, a gap to everyone behind us. It was me, Lou Berger, and St. Louis running together, and everyone else got a, a huge gap on that first K, and that made a very big difference. And then I started I started getting a little bit more tired, uh, but as we were only three people, uh, the the, the belief in getting a podium was very high, and that gave me a huge motivation and, and extra energy to keep up with them. Uh, and then the final sprint was just... I, I don't know, it just... Uh, I, I would say when you're sprinting, it's more about uh, the one who wants it the more than mm-hmm. the, the one that got the, the best or the freshest legs. Uh, but if Even though that's the way I think, I would say Vincent is just so strong at the moment, he's uh, yeah, mentally and physically very, very much stronger than everyone else and he just he just, he knew what he had to do and he just ran away from us uh, very confidently and I, I didn't have the legs to, to do it at the moment uh, or yeah, uh, I think I didn't at least so we, in the end I was left with Leo Berger fighting for the second place and uh, even though it, in the last 300 meters it looks like he's going to take it I just Yeah, I just go up to the toes a little bit more and make my last, yeah, make my last sprint over the sprint I was doing and go past him and and get the second place and yeah, complete with that in the end. So happy with with that
0: performance. And um, well, first of all, congratulations once again. Um, Everyone in Portugal was completely crazy about that. Um, What was the reaction of the, the international peloton of the other athletes?
1: Um, I'd say uh, most athletes, or the feeling I got was that um, everyone was impressed but at the same time uh, people were saying, okay, this is a sprint distance world world championship and this is a yeah, you you got lucky, that's the feeling I got Uh, didn't really get get the respect I was expecting just uh, at at that moment Um, even though of course uh, the the other athletes uh, came to congratulate me, I was not yeah, the feeling is that people was yeah, people were like, okay, yeah, yeah lucky one instead of great races. Yeah, 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 lucky race this yeah, time. I love and then yeah, but then one week later, I go into Prolong and then then I then I hear the, everyone talking that okay, he he did a great race in sprint distance, but now he's got no chance now. The, yeah, this is not going to go the same way now. And, uh, yeah, when I finished, uh, when I finished Carlo in second, just me and Vincent, uh, uh, yeah, going through the whole run, not together, but yeah, just in the, in the front with everyone else behind us. Uh, yeah, in the end of that race, that, then I feel the, the respect of all the other athletes uh, coming to the understanding that I, it, it was not the, a lucky one in Hamburg and then that I'm actually there to, to make their life, the, the life of the big draft stars much harder.
0: And do you feel like a target now?
1: Um, well, uh, I haven't really had the chance to race again again against them, but uh, I'm thinking that yeah, I'm going to be a target next year when I when I join my first
0: WTS. <laughs> um, we well, and the last weekend you just um, won the the Mediterranean Championships. That's a completely different race. We as we all know, um, with a silver medal in the World Champs, winning the Mediterranean Championships. And knowing that we only have two spots for Tokyo for next year, do you believe that one of the spots can be yours? Um, uh, that's not really the,
1: th- the only thing. That that's not my my choice to make. That's not my my work. The only thing I have to do is to, to try to show that I'm yeah that I'm very strong at the moment. Maybe the strongest in Portugal. Uh, and the only thing I, I've said to the federation here is that. Uh, I, I'm in a very good shape. I've been training very well, and uh, if if you want to take me to to Tokyo, I'd I'll, I'll love to go and I'd love to to fight for the medals there. But it's that yeah, it's completely up to them. Uh, and if if it's Tokyo or if it's in Paris, uh, yeah, I would be very honored to to be at the, at the Olympic Games uh, competing for Portugal.
0: So it means that you're gonna have a very hard year next year for sure.
1: Uh, for sure, it's gonna be fun. We're looking forward to it
0: um to to finish our uh, podcast and our conversation um during these fourteen years of triathlon, would be anything that you you change in your way through the to the top or just kept it the same way
1: uh has the results have been very good, I wouldn't change anything uh, I'm sure there are many details <laughs> from my from all these years that i I'm sure I'm uh a little bit embarrassed about. <laughs> Not, nothing that comes up at the moment. So yeah, everyone does does mistakes, but in the end, everything worked out pretty well. And I'd say, yeah, I'd say I'll, I'll do it all over all over again if I got the chance. To,
0: and um, if you could give a piece of advice to those who are listening, that are age groupers, they are not professional triathletes, of course, but they also have a coach. They are, they are trying to have a coach. What do you think is the most valuable thing in terms of the relationship between a coach and an athlete? Uh,
1: uh first of all uh, understanding so to to believe in your coach first you got to understand where he where his theories come from so understand your your method of training when you when you do don't be do, don't be afraid to ask questions uh, because asking questions is always is only going to make your coach better it's only going to make him think more about what he's doing but but believe at the same time so no one is going anywhere if, if they don't believe in the training method, so first you got to understand what the method is. If you understand it, if you, think, if you think it works, just, yeah, go for it do your training and good luck on your races. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Vaj, well, thank you very much for um, this conversation. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, when are you going back to Sweden now? Uh,
1: so I'm going back to Sweden in uh, what is it? yeah, next Saturday, so in a little bit over one week and yeah i have a rest until then i was supposed to do one more race but after the crash i'm just taking it easier now and trying to recover but thanks so much for the invitation
0: a pleasure for us um, and i believe that you're going to enjoy the, the amazing weather in sweden the, the warm weather of sweden <laughs> for sure okay Vasco, thank you very much see you next time thank you
1: the Believe, Strive, Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at tritrainingharder. Thanks for listening.